Welcome to the McDark Horror Series. Lights out. Good. Here we go. It was just supposed to be a typical camping trip with my scout troop. My friends and I were so excited, Davy, Kevin, and I. We always looked forward to these camping trips, and the yearly autumn campout was one of the best. We took a bus to Grayson Falls, a huge state park with so many lakes to swim in, trails to hike, and several caves to explore. All the local scout troops would be there, ten in all, and we would meet in the Starfall campground for the Jamboree. There would be canoeing and races and s'mores and, of course, the annual scary story contest. We had been crafting our stories since the last jamboree and this year we were ready to take that prize. As the bus pulled up to the campsite, we all spilled out of it excitedly. We were the first to arrive, the others getting there tomorrow, but Scoutmaster Larry had wanted us to get there early to get the best spots. As I stood in the center of the campground watching the other scouts mill about, going about their preparations, I couldn't help but soak in the sounds and smells of the surrounding forest. Grayson State Park had always been my favorite place to camp and it was chiefly because it exuded this energy of safety and adventure. It was a maintained park, the park rangers keeping the animals in check and the forest peeled back from the areas where hikers and campers stayed. Even so, it wasn't too hard to imagine a wolf or a bear watching from the trees, just waiting to pounce on the unexpected. It wasn't too far-fetched to think that something mysterious or unknown could be lurking in those woods. We set up our tent a little further back than the others. Scoutmaster Larry had given us a set of area where we would pitch our tents, and we had set our own tents at the edge of this. We wanted to feel like real scouts, like trailblazers. And I imagined us like old-timey explorers as Kevin and I set up our tents. Davy had disappeared and I assumed he was getting water or firewood or something. No sooner had I set up my tent, though, that Davy hissed at us from the woods. Psst. Nice campsite. But follow me if you girls want to do some real camping. He said, motioning us into the woods. But... Kevin started. Scoutmaster Larry said... Who cares what Scoutmaster Larry said? Do you want to camp or what? We looked at each other. I did feel pulled by adventure and Kevin, despite being kind of a wet blanket, seemed to feel it too. We nodded and Davy set out his plan. We would leave our tents here as a decoy, since they were already set up, and move off into the woods. Davy knew of a place where we had set up his tent where we could do some actual camping for the night, away from the adults and other scouts. It would be like camping on our own being explorers and roughing it for real. What if they look for us? Kevin asked. Davy just waves his hand at the question. We'll go back to eat, and then after dinner we'll head back to the site. We'll wake up before anyone gets good and stirring tomorrow, and be back in the camp before they notice anything. I hate to admit it. It wasn't a bad plan. We would strike the camp after tonight and rejoin the Jamboree tomorrow as the others arrived. No one would miss us just for one night, not with so many other scouts around. Kevin and I agreed to go look at the campsite first, wanting to see where he had put it before we committed to staying the night. And so we plunged into the forest, Davy leading the way. 
We took no trail, our feet following new ground as he led us to the campsite. As we went, I felt as though I could feel something watching us. It was still early afternoon and the forest was alive with the sounds of nature, but this tickling on the back of my neck felt a little sinister somehow. I turned to glance around as we went, but I saw nothing more dangerous than a blue jay or a squirrel. I decided I was being silly and caught up with Kevin and Davy as they headed for our secret campsite. Even Kevin had to admit that campsite was pretty damn cool. It was set in a small clearing and complete with a fire pit that led me to believe that other scouts had used the site before. His tent almost looked out of place here, and I could just imagine scouts before us, sleeping under the stars in sleeping bags. Davy asked what we thought, and I could see that both of us were sold on the idea of a rustic camp out in the woods. We both agreed to come back after dinner, and thus we returned to the group. The rest of the day went by fairly uneventfully. We returned to find a hike about to begin, so we tagged along as Scoutmaster Larry showed us nature's glory. We were a little nervous that they might happen upon our campsite, but the hike took us around the nearby creek and up to a natural waterfall that fed from the lake nearby. As we returned, Scout Leader Mark had our dinner cooking over a small fire near the counselor's tents. We set about preparing for the meal, and soon we were all stretched out on the grass, eating campfire stew and hardtack bread. As we ate, Scoutmaster Larry laid out the day's events for tomorrow's jamboree. It would be a whole day of canoe races and decathlons, contests, and all of it capped off by the scary story contest at the S'more Roast. All of us were chattering quietly as we headed off the bed, the sun setting behind us, as the three of us pretended to head to our tents. As the sun set low, we moved into the woods and made our way to the campground. As we followed Davy into the woods, I began to hear something strange in the surrounding green. It started as an overriding noise, making Kevin and Davy hard to hear even at close proximity. Davy was too excited to even acknowledge it at first, but I saw Kevin shooting furtive looks into the surrounding wood. The sounds of the forest seemed to be higher than I had ever heard them, and the deeper we went, the louder it seemed to become. The birds sounded like a flock, squawking and chattering animatedly to each other, and many of them sounded like a species not native to the region. The scouts are taught to identify local birds. It's for a badge, and many of these sounded different from the finches and quail you usually heard this time of year. I heard deer grunting and the yowls of cats, the growls of a bear, and even a throaty howl of a wolf. The strangest thing of all wasn't the sounds of the presence of non-native animals, though. The strangest part was that each cry was exactly the same. Same sound, same volume, same everything. The others could hear it too. That much was obvious, but they were pretending they couldn't. We could all hear the sounds of animals, all of them too loudly. Kevin was starting to cry. Davy kept insisting that once we made it to the campsite, everything would be okay. He was pulling Kevin along by now. Davy's hand wrapped around his wrist. Kevin was nearly frozen with fear. When we reached the tent, we all went straight in, not daring to even start the fire we had built up to use that night. We huddled in our tent, Kevin hyperventilating, as Davy and I peeked out through the flap. The forest was still very loud, very populated, but it seemed to stop at our campsite. It was like a song heard from behind a door. You know the song, but the words are muffled. We watched the woods both of us agreeing that we couldn't go back. 
We would have to stay here tonight, and Davies said we should sleep in shifts. There's definitely something out there. If we sleep in shifts, we can catch it if it tries to sneak up on us. I agreed, but for the moment the two of us just watched the woods. The noises were moving away, like a troop of actors on the move, and Kevin came to join as well. We spent an hour watching the woods, and I was unsurprised when I looked over to find Kevin snoring in a corner. The adrenaline was kicking out, and we were all getting tired. I told Davy I was going to lie down as well, but I just couldn't get comfortable. I was so tired, but my mind wouldn't shut off. I lay there, angrily tossing for what felt like hours, and that was probably why I heard them. I had just started to doze when the first of the voices scraped across my senses. I woke up to find Davy and Kevin stirring, woken up by the voices from outside the tent. They were familiar voices. Campers and scoutmasters we knew, all of them calling our names. They were out in the woods at night searching for us, and their voices clattered to the dark wilderness in a jarring way. They were too loud somehow, disturbing the perfect silence of the nighttime forest. They also seemed wrong somehow, like the animal sounds from earlier. Davy, Kevin, Davy, guys, Kevin, Davy, Michael. Kevin, where are you? Each of them was the exact same name, called in the exact same way again and again. Davy opened the tent, looking out into the darkness, looking for flashlights. The forest was still dark, the crickets and the night birds alarmingly silent. The quiet of the night was disturbed only by the yelling searchers, and the sound of their voices was making my skin crawl. Kevin seemed shaken as the voices grew closer and closer. Maybe we should just go to them, guys. They're going to be mad if they find our tent out here. We can just say we were out here using the bathroom. His voice shook as he said it, and I could tell he was getting ready to bolt. Kevin was the type who feared getting into trouble, more than silly things like possible death. Davy turned away from the flap to look at him. Are you crazy? If we stay right here where we are, they'll never find us. Kevin, however, didn't seem so sure. As we stood at the tent flap watching the woods and listening to the voices, Kevin made a sound, like a wounded cat, and made a break for the woods. He shoved past us and went running into the brush, yelling that he was sorry for making them look for him. We heard him apologizing until his yells were suddenly cut off. Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm so he was stammering apologies one minute, and the next he was silent as the grave. Davy and I stood looking out into the woods, shuddering in the sudden silence that held sway across the dark green world. Michael. Then, Davey. as suddenly as they stopped, Davey. the voices Kevin. began again. Kevin. We could hear Kevin's Michael. voice amongst Davey. them, calling for you? us to come Kevin. out. Davy, I said, both of us still looking out into the woods. My eyes having just realized something my brain should have a long time ago. If they're out here looking for us, why don't they have flashlights? Davy contemplated this, and it seemed to scare him just as much as it scared me. We went back inside, huddling in our tent as the voices grew closer and closer. Davy zipped up the doorway and walked backwards into the suddenly flimsy canvas tent. He seemed afraid to turn his back on the doorway and just sort of stood in the middle as he kept his eyes fixed to the secured opening. 
I hunkered in my sleeping bag, listening to the voices call our names as they came closer and closer. Davy shuddered, cocking his head like a dog who hears a noise. He suddenly took a step back towards the door, and I yelled at him to get away from there. I hunkered down in my own bag, hearing the voices calling our names, and my tears were wet as they slid nakedly down my face. We were trapped out here, alone, with no one to help us. Why hadn't we just stayed with the others? I sunk deeper into my bag, hoping I would wake up to find out that this was just a dream and feel silly for letting it scare me. I opened my eyes as the zipper slid open. I looked out to find Davy standing in the doorway, looking out as the voices seemed to surround our tent. I begged him to close it. I begged him to come back, but he only glanced back at me, almost apologetically. The moon cast his face in stark relief, turning him into a carved totem, and then he turned and stepped out into the night. He left the tent open, and I heard him scream as whatever was calling to us got him. His scream was high and long, cutting through the monotonous calling like an axe through a melon. It cut off at the peak of its terror, however, and the sound of its ending made me bunch down in my sleeping bag all the more. The next time I heard his voice was when it joined that frightening chorus, all of them now calling for me. I put my hands over my ears, trying to block them out. I wanted them to stop. I wanted this to all be over. And as I sat, shuddering, I suddenly became aware that I couldn't hear anything. I pulled my hands away from my ears, slowly at first, and heard nothing but the silence of the outside night. I looked to the flap of the tent and found only the soft rustle of the fabric against the zipper as I began to worm out of the warm embrace of the sleeping bag. I got about half out, when suddenly they were all around me. Michael! 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 Their hands pushed at the walls of the tent. Their faces were canvas-covered masks as they tried to press their way inside. I could see their terrible features and hear their ragged breathing as they all shoved at the thin barrier of my tent. There were so many of them. Adults, children, animals, and others who resembled nothing so much as skeletons with vaguely human shapes. A shadow fell onto the floor of my dwelling, and I looked to see one framed in the open doorway. I zipped my sleeping bag shut then and hunkered at the bottom a snail trapped inside its shell. Outside, I could hear the monotonous voices surrounding me again, moving in for the kill, as I shuddered in the bottom of my sleeping bag. When I heard the metallic sound of a zipper, I knew I was done for. The creature sank its face into the mouth of the sleeping bag, and I cowered as its bony face leered at me. As it opened its mouth, it screamed my name, lunging at me with its bony teeth, its pale white skull luminescent in the darkness of the bag. I died with the sound of my own name, fighting against the rippling scream that rode up my throat. Michael! The scouts around the fire looked at me as though I was from another planet. The campfire was the only sound, the logs crackling merrily. 
as the collected troops sat looking at me as I stood in the story circle. Even some of the scoutmasters looked a little rattled by the story, but slowly they started to clap. Scoutmaster Larry clapped the loudest, shaking his head as he approached. Now I see why you wanted to go last. That would have been a hard story to top. I think we can agree which story wins this year's Jamboree Scary Story Contest. The applause picked up, and then Davy slugged me in the arm as I sat back down. I can't believe you kept that to yourself all week. I thought Kevin was going to pee his pants. Was not. Kevin said petulantly, though he looked a little pale nonetheless. I smiled. Storytelling was something I was good at, and it was always nice to be recognized for my talents. I let my mind slip into the woods around us, hearing the call of the night birds and the whimper of the wind. Perhaps there was something like that out in the woods of the state park. Who could say what lurked in the deep pockets that surrounded area made for man? I felt myself shiver a little as the wind pushed a sound across my senses. A lonesome sound that sounded eerily like my name. My audience might not be the only ones having trouble sleeping tonight.